everybody and welcome into the conversation where we intend to destigmatize the conversation around cannabis and correct the record on this powerful plant well we hope have a little fun along the way i'm your host dave briggs former nbc sports former fox news and cnn anchor as well as turner sports host also proud to be part of the cure leaf campaign i cannabis just getting underway so check that out one of the trends Helping to cut down on the stigmas, former pro athletes literally jumping into the cannabis industry and primarily, as you know, from the NBA. They'll have three Hall of Famers as of September who are cannabis business owners. It's been a little slower embrace in the NHL, which you might argue is the most friendly territory for cannabis, given that it's fully legal in Canada and 22 NHL cities recreationally legal just about every NHL city has access to medical marijuana. So you could see the NHL really lead the way. The only player really doing so thus far is a legend. Four-time Stanley Cup champ Detroit Red Wings legend delivered one of the most famous punches in all of sports history. But he also says cannabis helped save his life. He's Darren McCarty. Good to see you, my friend. How are we doing? Hey, with you, Dave. Uh, big fan for all the different things that you've done and covered it. And, uh, you know, when it's great to see that we're on the same team, same tribe, trying to break this stigma and give people the truth about this plan. Yeah, I think there's a lot more on our team, Darren, just not a lot that are talking about it. So we got to be the one to carry that torch. But I got to get this out of the way right away. You see over my shoulder here? Detroit Red Wings. No, that's the Colorado Avalanche. I just want to let you know, I grew up in Denver. I hated two teams, the Raiders and the Red Wings. But God, I loved Avalanche Red Wings hockey. Has there ever been anything like it since? It feels like that ultimate rivalry, that vitriol, almost hatred has been gone from the game since, since that deteriorated. Changed, right? Let's the uh, sports has changed. You know, the, the stuff uh, when we look back, I think that when you see the, the rivalry and we'll take it since we, we we did it to ourselves in Detroit. What do I mean by that? Well, we blew Patrick Waugh out in Montreal um, so that he quit. Um, I think it was 11 one game and then he wouldn't play for Montreal. You guys got him in Colorado. Uh, like the rivalry between 96 and 02 is the greatest rivalry in hockey not only at that time could have been in sports but there was a true hatred you know for each side and it was you know the game governed itself a little bit more so just the, the way that it played out and obviously being you know uh, I had a little bit of a role to play in it and and uh, it, it worked out at the end of the day Dave I just got a call like we're dealing with the plants. So we got to deal with facts. You guys are a little bit upset because we got three cups. You got two over that time frame. We win. We'll end it at that. Now we're on the same team promoting this, this great plant. But uh, you're, you're right, though, as far as everything that you said. Um, and I look at it that if you Google me and see the way I played, I sort of like uh, was first man in. And it's not because I liked it. It's because I feared for the rest of my teammates having to go first. I figured if I went first, they get by me. I'm not around anymore. So you deal with it. It's the same thing with this plant. I'm going to stand it. And you're right. There are other 
other guys that have um, are behind this and stuff, but they, they're not vocal and everybody has their own role. But I, I take, like I tell everybody, you see how I protected my teammates, the Red Wings. Well, that's embedded in my, into my heart, right? And I've taken the plant and I put it on my jersey, on my chest, that I will protect this plant because it's kept me alive. You know, the reason that Darren McCarty is alive today is because of the cannabis plant and the, and the caregivers and the love of the people in Michigan that care about me enough, Darren, the person that didn't want to see me die. Um, so I'd started my journey. I mean, I, I wear 11-11 on my wrist because that's my sobriety date, 2015, last time I ever touched pills or alcohol. And I'm grateful for this plant. And now I'm also upset and on a crusade because the truth needs to come out because it's not about whether you do or you don't. It's do you know that you have an option? Okay, so let's get to how it saved your life. And that was because, describe the depths, the desperation that you were in prior to it saving your life and how did it? You know, it's it's easy to see. Now, I'm an alcoholic insomniac, right? I've and, And here's why I can sit here today is because I've done it every recovery and everything the way that everybody has wanted it from the AAs to the four rehabs, the million dollars that the league put into me, every cup that I've won, I've been sober for, I've been able to be sober for, for years at a time, but there was always something missing. Right. So you have this great career and you, you know, you watch it and, and when the cups 97, 98 play Oh two, you know, you can follow my path you know, of sort of self-destruction a little bit um, and then finding myself and having, you know, like a comeback. You know, I'm one of those people that went that went away and then came back to Detroit and was able to be an integral part of winning the fourth cup in 08. Now, I'm coming out of rehab and you're supposed to have all the tools again because I've gone four times. And like I said, the, the therapy and the smart guy, but there was something missing. Well, that led me back into the depths after I retired right into alcoholism. And I like to say, well, I was playing leaving Las Vegas. I wasn't literally trying to kill myself, but I didn't care if I died. I mean, a lot of different things going on that were just chaos in my life. And then it took, it took a couple things. It took for someone to believe in me enough for me to believe in myself, but it also like everything else, I needed this plant and I'd been, I'd been around this plant. I'd been a medical patient, but I didn't take it seriously. Thank God I had caregiver and friends that saw, like I was literally, when I say my sobriety dates, 11, 11, 11, 10, I wouldn't have made it to, I probably wouldn't have made it to Christmas. I was 80 pounds heavier. My blood pressure I'd been in the hospital was 260 over 155 or 160, something where you're supposed to stroke or die but because of the cannabis in my system that I didn't. So what happened is that it was do or die for me. It was either my stuff was going to explode and I was going to be another statistic or did I want to fight? And the only way I could fight was through Rick Simpson oil. Now, Rick Simpson oil, who is Rick Simpson's a Canadian that, that pretty much has taken the whole plant concentrate and diluting it down into its most form. And you're actually using alcohol to do it, which is, which is sort of the dichotomy, but this is what they use on cancer patients. This is what they use. And I've seen it. I've had friends that have cured fourth degree skin cancer using this. And it's 
the totally the strongest medicine in the world, in my opinion, the natural medicine in the world. And after seven to eight days of 10 to 15 grams a day, right? So I was either in a coma, passed out, I was either puking, shitting, purging, right? But when I got, when I came to, and it was like, I was on my knees and I was so grateful because I didn't have that physical addiction of alcohol that can kill you if you don't detox properly. But it also had flipped something in my mind that it got me mad. And then it was like, I got to stick up for this plant. And I'm so mad at being lied to all these years. Why did I have to suffer this much? If I had to go through this, how many other people? So immediately what this plant does is make it not about me. It makes it about everybody else. And that's what I'm, when it's about other people, right? That's why the great, the teammates, right? When it's about the Detroit Red Wings, when it's about my teammates, I'm there. When it's about me, I'll self-destruct. So it, so then it's one of these things, Dave, that you know, is that if I'm going to talk about it, I got to be about it. And then, and then I got to surround myself with people that are in it for the same reasons I am, which is how I found Pink Canna, which is how the Darren McCarty brand three years ago started. So we'll get it's, to that. it's through my loyalty. We'll get back to the brand. Right. How were you lied to? What was that stigma that you believed? What were those things that people told you that kept you away from the plan? I came to it very late in life as well. I think the greatest thing is if you ever talk to Ricky Williams, um, the self-awareness that he has where from going through, we, we grew up the same way. I mean, you could stick a beer in my hand being a hockey player at 12 years old, but if I ever went near the plant, you're a stoner and you'll never make the NHL. So, yep. I mean, I was always... The, the culture, but it wasn't educated. It was always the devil's, you know, the THC is the devil. Well, it's not the devil. It's the doorman. You know, like it's, it's, it's so all that stuff that I, all my life, I mean, I remember being passed out drunk at 14 years old and it was acceptable, which is sad. Right. And you don't know any better. So it takes, that's, that's sort of the line and just everything that we're fighting against to this day. So if you let the, in, in today's day and age with we're all coming, we've all experienced COVID together. We're all talking about the vaccines um, and, I, and all this. It's about choice about what you put in your body. And the fact that the truth has come out, the education's there. The fact that, you know, I, I like to simplify it and say, we all understand DNA. We all have DNA. We all watch the, the ID network or whatever, watch those cop shows 48 hours and know that, well, the DNA these days, well, your endocannabinoid system is a lot the same. No DNA is identical, right? Your endocannabinoid system in your body isn't identical. So you got to find what works for you. People are all into like vegan, vegetarian, what they put in their body, what they eat. It's the same thing. It's plant-based life. And when you, the beauty is when you commit to yourself and your self-awareness to be who you want to be, this plan can allow you to get there. Let's get to your NHL career. At what point did you begin smoking marijuana? What led you to it? I believe it was the sports hernia surgery. And how often did you smoke as an NHL player? So I didn't, so 27 years old, 1999, I suffered my, in November, I suffered my first of three sport hernia surgeries, which is, this one, I think this, the second one I tore off the bone, this one, I just tore it through. So, um, 
you had to have surgery and stuff. And, and I never liked pills and because it constipated. I couldn't sleep with an insomniac. It just, I don't like that feeling. And it was always, my, I had buddies going, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And they were, you know, smoker. I had a pot, you know, buddies that smoke and they were like, here, try this. And then I hit it. And it was like, automatically, it was like, what the, something's different. I mean, this because it just, that's all I wanted. You know, when I was, when I, when I would smoke weed, I never wanted anything else. Right. So how, so yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, I would try to see the, the, the whole thing is I was in the, the, the drug program or whatever for a long time. And if I ever tested dirty, it was never for anything other than, than marijuana. And so it was, uh, I, you know, I, I gotta say that, that I probably, uh, got away with more than I should have as far as what I use, but there was a, there's a lot of things that went into it that what in the time and the place to talk about it. Right. But there was uh, certain things that, yeah. So I tried to stay away from it, but, but at the end of the day, um, I probably dirty tested between 99 or between 2000 and 2008, about 40 times for weed. But tested positive, yeah. And did you get suspended? I I can't recall. But the reason for that that was that has there's there's a whole reason, Rigsy, that you'll be proud of me. That I can't bring it up here. I will talk to you about it though. But I, I it's not for time and place here. But it goes to show that how the best way to say it is that the education is there. And there is a gateway. And the fact that you say, I hope, I hope that the NHL is the first one to go through it because it's, it's been something that has helped a lot of us along, uh, along the way. And now the fact that being a part of it. So, so suffice um, it to say the league knew you were smoking and chose not to suspend you. uh, Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yes. But it was only, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't be like dirty, dirty, dirty. Like if you go back, you go look at Theo Fleury, right? Yeah. Like when Theo Fleury comes out and he says, I fucking tested, you know, alcohol a hundred times or 45 times or Coke or whatever like that. Right. It's sort of like, I don't know, it, a different system. I, I had a case, right. I had a case because what of other reasons I'll tell you off the air and then you, you'll get it. <laughs> I, I just don't, I just don't, Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't want to sell, I'm not selling anybody but myself down the river, right? So there was a conversation where you'll understand, and then you know it's something that I'll tell you off the record, and then you say how would you proceed <laughs> with it? And you'll understand it. All. Okay, wow, you're smarter than I thought. I eagerly await uh, that off the air conversation. So, how often did you smoke during your career and, and how prevalent was it? Because just to give you some context, Calvin Johnson, the former Lions receiver who you know well there, primitive his brand, he said 75% of the league smoked when he played. Paul Pierce said the NBA number was closer to 80 to 90%. Do you have any clue how much of the NHL was or is smoking? And again, were you using it nightly? I assume because you had to sleep. But I wouldn't use it all the time, right? So it would be like, and and here's the thing too, right? Is that when it would test in my system, it was so low 
right? That it wouldn't, it was, it was always in that warning area, not in the over it's right. So, so it was, it was technically, they'd be like using cannabis and it's like, well, I haven't, you know, I use it the other day. I, I was always forthcoming with Right. I can't sleep. You're trying to give me melatonin. You're trying to give me all this stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm going to smoke. I smoke. So so maybe to you can understand is my forthcoming of smoking. Right. While I was doing this, the communication. So that had to with within respect, maybe that to your listeners to understand more is because that I was at such wit's end that I didn't want to drink. Right. And that's where I was going. So it was, I'm going to do this instead. And I'm going to tell you, I do this. So if I test positive, that's okay. Or it's not okay, but I'm willing to deal with it. So we dealt with it that way. So that if I did, it would be when I needed to. And, and how many and guys I would were, say, yeah. I would say to you, I don't, I would say maybe 10%. Oh, is that right? Dude, wow. it's alcohol. It's, it's, it's the pills. It's the harder stuff. It's, it, you know, like that's the stuff. And that's not like the, the booze. Yeah. But I'm a downer dude. Right. So, so it's not as, so the acceptability, because like I said, we all grew up that way here, here's some booze, go over there. I don't care how old you are. Right. Stay away from this plant that can help you. So that's the whole dichotomy of, of everything else. But I, I couldn't honestly tell you maybe one or two guys on a team. I think more so now there'd probably be maybe five or six, but again, it's because of the stigma and the education. So it's almost like you said, you, it, it's one of these things that we got to get ahead of. And then how do we get ahead of it's because, you know, it's the education through the CBD, the CBN dude, if I had CBN back in the day, like the CBD and all that stuff, the stuff that is done, you know, the THC to your head is the stuff that, that you wish you had to be able like this. I don't know if you use CBN at all, but to be able to shut my own lights out and wake up and be ready to go. It's like, it's almost unfair. Like I take my care of myself way better and I'm in way better shape than I was when I, you know, near the end of my career where you're struggling for it. It's just, so that's, I'd like, you know, and, and here's to your point. I don't know, right? I don't know that answer. So I'd hope to say that in the future, right? Whoever whoever wants to is, and it would be more like 80%. It does seem like the league has come a long way in terms of, well, although they clearly knew what was going on with you, it, it doesn't seem like the league is eager to punish any player for marijuana today what is the policy and and is it just a more of a don't ask don't tell situation today what the policy is i know that the fact that the cbd is uh like the, more acceptable and that's as far as the nhl and, it's and allowed players. marijuana right. so, is, marijuana is so, still banned but they're not suspending players for positive tests so i'm not which, sure what the point of testing is Okay, or should they in any sport and whatever like this, if, if you're worried about the well-being because the education that they've been trying to hide is there. But the whole thing is that this plant is common sense. For the most part, hockey players have common sense. And for the most part, the people that are in charge of the hockey players, even though I don't agree with, they have compassion and common sense. So that's why if we lead the way in what's right and what's wrong, that's fine with me. And that's why don't talk about it, be about it. I have four cups. 
You know, I wouldn't be here. Like, uh, no matter everything accolades I had, I wouldn't be here without the love of this plant. And for me, because it's self-awareness. And the whole thing, I always knew who I was to everybody else. I never knew who I was to myself. That's what this plant has allowed me to, to be. So it's about guys not having to go through what, what I went through, what guys of my time went through, because they don't need to. Four cups. And I would imagine during those wild days, some pretty wild stories that are untold with that cup. What's a crazy story you can tell with a night out with the Stanley Cup? Where do you want me to start? Is that the best, <laughs> the best part? And uh, if you were in Detroit, especially 97, 98, um, we went back to back and and especially if you drank out of it, you might want to get your hep C shots. But uh, 17, I don't know if anybody's ever told you, 17 and a half beers bubbles that thing over. It will not get the 18th beer in there without falling thing. But the best thing that I did, dude, is so in 08, when we won our fourth and my, all my kids were, uh, the oldest was uh, 12 and the youngest uh, was four. But we took it to our favorite ice cream shop and loaded that thing up with like 25 scoops of ice cream. All the biggest Sunday you'd ever seen. I got it on video. Now I'm a I'm an ice cream headache, dude. Man, I had like 17 of them because that's sterling silver, right? So it's a conduit of cold. You've never had anything so cold ice cream in your life. So you know that that's great. And then and then it's always the. Uh, I mean, we had it everywhere. Right, we had it everywhere. The best, the, the one of the best stories were at the Post Bar, and I don't know if you ever been to the Post Bar. It was a old staple across from Cobo. It had no windows in it. It was our drinking hall, right? We put it this way: when we started going there in like '93, '94, there was one of them. After we won in '98, there were seven of them. Right, that tells you what it was. But we were celebrating '97, and Joey Kosher had won a cup with the Rangers a few years, so he had his Rangers Stanley Cup ring on. And it's like. There's like 500 people in this place that holds 100. So nobody can move, and the cup's going around. All of a sudden, Joey goes, goes, oh, crap. He, his ring fell off, right? 500 people there. Joey goes, my ring. And all of a sudden, it's like in the movies, the radio goes off, the lights come on, everybody's looking, looking, looking. Some girl's like, yeah, I got it, Joey. Hands it back to him, and then boom, lights off, music again, and this is that connectiveness and all that stuff, right? Right at the moment, it was like it was in a movie. So, so that those are the those are the ones I could tell you. If you had it your way, would someone smoke pot out of the Stanley Cup in the near future? I need to know how much weight we can get in the bowl of the cup. I was not allowed. It was not legal at the time. You're not allowed to do anything illegal with the Stanley Cup. Hence, now it's legal. I will be eager. And since the rules are that if you've won it, you get to touch it whenever it's around you. So we will find out at some point. I will wait, hopefully, three or four or five years when the Red Wings win it, and then I'll test that theory out. Boy, I can't wait to live stream some smoking out of Lord Stanley's Cup, the best trophy in professional sport. That is a day. We'll have to, dude, here it is. Wings win it. I'll, the day it happens, I'm, I'm going to have you in. We're going to do a whole, we're going to do a thing where we're going to smoke out. We're going to smoke out of Stanley Cup. Even I'll figure it out. You somehow just made me a Red Wings fan. Um, and since you brought it up, I mean, 25 straight years in the playoffs, 
two straight years right near the basement of the NHL. What's going on with the wings? Can they get it turned around? We're in the same boat as you guys. And you know what? Honestly, I love like your Colorado team. I always love Joe Sackick. I mean, I always said, you know, Joe Sack and Steve Eisenman are like the right-handed, left-handed versions of each other, right? So you got hashtag Sackick plan. We got hashtag Wiser plan, right? Because it's the guys putting the work in. And I, I like, I'm a caller. I'm an Avalanche fan. I'm a McKinnon fan. You know, I was, if you guys didn't re-sign Landeskog, I was hoping Stevie put a bit in for him because I love that kid. I love that Randon. I love, I love what you guys got going. It's not, it's, it's such a healthy more rivalry where I can say, yeah, I cheer for Colorado because I see what they're doing. And it's more so the guy, Joe Sackett, putting it in charge. So it just takes time. You know that. You guys are in the, you guys are at the next level that we're not at yet in Detroit. You're you're at the good enough to have that, oh my God, you know, disappointment feeling like losing to Vegas last year. We're not there yet. We're behind you, but we're hopefully you win it in the next couple of years and then we can challenge you in the West and we can get those rivalries back the way that they were, you know, in the nineties, just that the competitiveness, right. It was just the hall of fame lineups every night. Like, and seriously, as a, as one of the grinders and one of the guys to be just a part of it and when we look out and see the Russian five and then to see playing against like Kaminsky and, and you know, Sackick and Forsberg. And then you got big Rob Blake on the back end. And then, you know, it's just, yeah, you're a fan. You're a fan. Don't, don't forget about Footer. Adam Foot, one of the toughest Listen, dudes. I mean, Footer, Footer's your Chelly. Listen, I spent that the Sheriff Scott Parker is, is my right hand dude in this recovery thing because where he's come from, um, as far as concussions and and they're they're on that uh, journey with the psilocybin and the mushrooms and stuff like that, and and the CBD and to watch people that you respect that you've battled against and stuff and just to know the people they are but adam foot he's your chelly dude i spent a weekend out in grand uh grand prairie there uh before covid and stuff and uh with a couple days with him and and i I love him to death i think he's but battle you know battle he's he's a warrior but he's your uh adam foot is the colorado's chris chelios Forever a legend there. All right, tell us a little bit about the company. What are you guys making? I, I know I saw some pre-rolls online, but what are the products you guys haven't rolling out soon? So, right now, game loaded. Right now, all through, uh, so this, these are the pre-rolls. This is the Darren McCarty brand uh, pre-rolls. This one's actually a dual OG. Um, here's the, this is how the packaging comes for the eight. So this is my Max 69. And why it's called Max 69 is it's Pheno 6 and Pheno 9. Nothing other than that. And plus, I got a hemp roll-on and stuff. So my licensing is through King Canada, which is the largest seed to sale in the state, 150,000 square foot, fully integrated. Um, I've been able to not only do I do – we have partnerships, uh, part of our families, Chem, Chem 91, the original Cannonardo, um, Michigan Organic 2.0 rubs, funky extracts, and all the stuff that comes out. So it's it's all about the growers. Don't tell me what, tell me who. The radical genetics guys who are caregivers that I've known for years is the reason that they grow all my flowers. So so the fact that it's about the product first. And, and what I take pride in, not only is that I hand select or go through the farm, which is coming in my brand. And, and the simple thing is, if you see it in a pre-roll, right, it's because it's I approved it. And I want it in my brand. If you see it in an eighth bag, 
that's because I want it all around the state because I smoke it and I want to be able to find it at whenever I need it. If I don't have it, it's as simple as that. Right. So I provide for myself and hope other people want it. And it's been able to do that. Like I said, the one-to-one, uh, like the eight to 12, every run that comes out. So I, my black eye, which is my original seed to sale, took us three years to make it. It's a purple punch 2.0. My face off OG by purple punch. It gives you a little black eye. You smoke it, but it's also too as important that not everybody has a system like mine. So the one-to-one where the CBD, that the, the 8% THC, the 12%. And why I did that is because all the one-to-ones, two-to-ones, three-to-ones that I produce, when we're sitting around in a circle smoking, no matter how experienced or how beginner, you will get the CBD effect. And, and it gets people to go, well, what's that? Because remember, I'm not here to argue. In fact, there's two things. I'm here either to fight or answer your questions, right? That's it. Because I'm not here to argue anymore. I'm here for what do you mean by that? And you don't have to worry about me because I've surrounded my, my tribe behind me is are, are more protective of me than I am. So uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. But you are the ultimate NHL protector. And I'm sorry to veer in and out of cannabis and hockey talk, but that's where the conversation's taken us. I have to ask you, for those of us that have never really connected on a punch on their life, what did it feel like to deliver that blow to Claude Lebu, I believe it was March 26, 1997, fight night at the joke. And you, I know you're asked about it all the time, but can you still awesome. remember that feeling and how do you describe it? Right, because here's the thing, let me take you back for all, right? Because in life and in sports, bad things happen, but you cannot lose respect for a fellow human being. And it wasn't the fact that in game six of the 96, uh, Western Conference Finals called me hit Chris Draper from behind, broke his jaw in four spots and crushed his orbital bone right in front of me. It's that's that's going to have repercussions in the game itself. But the fact that he never apologized, said you never would have heard of Chris Draper. I'm not sorry. And, you know, I probably just made him millions of dollars or something like that. That's life, bro. In real life, where I come from, I'm knocking on your door with a gun. Right. This isn't going to end. Right. So here's the whole thing. And this is the beauty, right? This happens. And then you got to go back to the Red Wing history, right. Of winning the president's trophy, my first year, and then losing to San Jose in the first round, losing to uh, Jersey in the finals in 95, and then setting the league record 62 wins and losing that game to Colorado. So the fact that I had 10 months, sort of think about it because the way that played out now we lost to them we played Colorado four times and during the first three times we lost also so going into the March 26th game right we needed to win I don't care where you're from a rivalry sometimes the only way out is through to get that number so the bottom line we had to win the game first but I remember Dave I remember it was the beginning of March because how many times how many times you stood on something, you thought, how am I going to get them? How am I going to get this guy? How am I going to do it? Not cost my team and stuff. I got on my knees beginning of March and was like, God, I can't do it anymore. Just please, whatever happens, let me be the messenger. You think he listened? Because here's how it goes down, right? First period, inside the blue line, uh, late, whistle goes, and I look over, and there's Igor Lariano and Peter Forsberg. Now, Igor Lariano, all five foot eight, 160 pounds of them, Right. You know, the biggest pacifist in life next to Gandhi. Right. But he's out enough for Peter Forsberg and they start whacking each other. And I'm on the ice and I look over and I'm like, oh, 
looks like puppies on Christmas morning. How cute. But I remember the Mew was on the ice and I go right into Shark Week. But Adam Foote, our buddy we mentioned, the big lumberjack with a big nose, he uh he's strong as hell and he grabbed me. I'm trying to get loose, and that's when my my tag team partner Shanahan, flying Irishman, comes in, breaks my arms, and I knew he was on the ice. And that's when I popped out. I evaded the linesman who probably didn't do a good job of grabbing me if he could have or not. And the difference I tell people between a sucker punch and a cold cock, sucker punches from behind 99.4% of the time don't do it, right? Other 0.6, they deserved it. But a cold cock, when you get to look, the person that you've seen that face a million times and what you wanted to do with it, you know what? In life, wish permeate your existence to what you want happen, but you have to grab that moment. You can't say, is this it? Is this it? No. And you unload. And you know what? I tell everybody, every yeah. man, woman, and child, because I'm lefty, right? I'm a lefty. I pulled that right back and every person in wing wheel nation was there. And I hit him so hard that he even Claude said, I didn't turtle. I was not the hardest I ever hit. I was knocked out. I was like, thank God I can't hit you any harder. And then I don't know anything's going on because I'm trying to put my fist through his skull to rip his heart out through his nostrils, even though I know anatomically it's impossible, right? And then all of a sudden I see, I don't know, Shani, I don't know all this stuff's going on, but I look over to the bench and I see drapes and it's like church with the sunbeam coming through the paint's glass. And I take Lemieux and I grab him by the head and I bulldog his face as hard as I could into the boards. And that's where I realized I might be more uh, Jewish than I thought, which I'm Genesis, eye for an eye, old school, right? So, and the fact that, here's the kicker. I tried to kneel. Yeah. I got four minutes for roughing in a 10-minute misconduct, right? Stayed in the game. The kicker, I score the overtime winner, right? So I slay the dragon and I get the girl. But here's the whole thing that I tell this all the time. Wasn't the team, the building, the state, the city, the country, the universe, anywhere, the wing-wheeled nation. That was proverbial. It's going to be all right. Don't know what it means. It's going to be all right. And Shani even said in the Russian Five that that psychological advantage helped us get over and beat you guys in six game the conference finals and, you know, led us on our run. And I just caveat this for every Red Wing fan because the second time I ever had that feeling was two years ago when Steve Eisenman was introduced as president and GM of the Detroit Red Wings. Same feeling. It's going to be all right. Don't know what it means. It's going to be all right. So I don't have to do it anymore. I just sit and wait. Talk to you. Rokan. Steve Eiserman obviously uh, knows how to do it. Uh, won a couple of cups there. It, and then built that Tampa Bay Lightning organization into the class organization in the NHL. Back-to-back uh, -back cups. But it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel to me as popular as the game was in the days when we're referencing in, in the late mid to late nineties. Um, the ratings were up from last year, but they're down like 50% from two years ago. Now, granted that was an original six series is the game lost some popularity. And is it because of some of those aspects are missing the hatred, the fights, um, that vitriolic attitude out there. Why has the game slid a little bit? Well, I, I think, you know, it's about rivalries. And, and in today's day and age, the three-point game, I mean, how many times has it come down to the last game or last week of the season? You got five teams, six teams reseeding. The, the game's different. You can't focus in on a rival as much because it's on to the next game, on to the next game, and because things are so tight in this league. So I think, you know, playoff hockey – 
uh, you know, it all, it all depends. I mean, it, it, it all depends. It's not my game. So I'm not going to sit here and, uh, you know, bitch and moan about it. You know what I'm saying? My, my interest, my interest isn't more nationally. It's more locally mm-hmm. and it's more to the players. Right. So I, I've understand that I thought that I played 20 years too late. And I realized I played at the perfect time and I'm happy to be done and to be able to spit knowledge if, or anything and watch this new game. So um, to your question, Dave, I mean, there's probably a lot of things going on. I don't think it's fair. I think you got to wait till the whole next season when they revamp and then teams start traveling again, because through the COVID stuff, I think everything gets askewed. But uh, I don't, you know, I, I look at it that, you know, the, the, there's, it's, it's tougher. The parity is tougher. I mean, I enjoyed the NBA playoffs this year, not only because of the play-in tournament, but the finals. You know, new teams, Milwaukee, Phoenix. You know, you watch Giannis, you watch Giannis and what he did. I mean, it's just incredible. So um, I think that ask me this a year from now, and we'll see, because I think this is a big year, especially with Seattle coming in. You know, that rivalry, hopefully they build with Vancouver. You know, you realign the divisions last year. It messed it up, I think, by Canadian divisions, by, you know, making it different. So I think that uh, – the league's aware of it, but I don't, I don't really know the answer. I know that one thing for sure is uh, there's a hell of a lot of young talent, not only in this league, but coming in this league. So it's entertaining if you like the game. And ultimately, that's what I think it's about, promote not just having stars, but promoting them. And I don't know that the NHL does a great job at that. Major League Baseball does an abysmal job with that. Mike Trout doesn't get recognized walking down the street. And he's one of the greatest players of all time. So hockey needs to, to elevate their stars. But I think Darren, so too does this fight to legalize and to destigmatize cannabis. I think we need stars. I think you help Calvin Johnson helps Paul Pierce, Gary Payton. What, what do you think will be the biggest change element? Would it be a current player saying I need to smoke this plant for the head injuries and to sleep could it be a Gretzky-like figure? I know Messier has the CBD water at Kiso, but what do you think will help the most in this battle toward normalization and legalization? It's time. You know, the cat, you ain't going backwards, right? Because here's the thing. The millennial generation, I am grateful for because of transparency in everything. You look in sports, politics, entertainment, and cannabis is the greatest because this plant's doing what it does. And if you live patient, resilient like this plant, then the, th- the things will, will work itself out. I think that the more, I don't think it's more or less that we need this person to say this and this person to say this. I just think that as life goes, realize that if we are honestly about how, well-being, that then this option is at the forefront because of, of what, it, what it does and the education. So here's the thing, instead of hiding from it, why don't you incorporate, you have a capologist, why don't you have a can of specialist? You know, somebody that can work on the sleep, you know, they monitor sleep and stuff like this just to make the optimal. I think we're going there. And what it is, Dave, is what do you think legalization in the country because they realize, they realize the dollar bill? Two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever. It's coming. And once that comes, that's, that's all it is because it's the banking. Yeah. You follow the money. So it's all about the legalization of it um and the taking off the schedule one once that happens 
because it's all in place. You got to admit, it's all in place. And my thing is that whenever that time comes, I'm going to be ready to say, hey, I used to play. I won four cups. Here's a CBD or here's some product. Let me help you if find what you're looking for. Right. And, and whether it's with me, it's I compete with myself. So so maybe it might be with me if you're if you have if you're an alcoholic insomniac, probably. But if not, let me find you the best person to educate you, because once you get the secret, bro, it's your responsibility what you do with it. Well, check out these products. They're Darren McCarty's signature line 25. They're medical recreational CBD products. Pinkana.com. That's where you can find them all across the state of Michigan. Look forward to federal legalization so everyone can try your products. Been a great pleasure having you on the show, my friend. DarrenMcCarty.com. If anybody wants to try that CBD roll on or ship it everywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, this is just the first of many conversations, uh, Dave. And appreciate everything you do, not only in the sports world, but for the cannabis. I do want to try it because I got this fucked up ankle, man. I don't know if you can see this thing. I mean, it is swollen all over the place, black and blue right here. My toes turn black and blue. So will your yeah. CBD roll on help me out? Absolutely, bro. I'll get Nick to send you. I'll get you Nick to send you some out after we're done. It's killing me. Awesome, brother. Good, Good to have you. you Talk bet. to you soon. You bet. Four time Stanley Cup champ, Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on the conversation right here on Pro Cannabis Media.